You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Hi, I'm Marina Chavada. I'm from Brazil, and I'm a social engineer and CEO of Hackety Inc. Most people think I'm 007. <laughs> you know, like just like Mission Impossible, I'm coming from the ceiling with a rope and, and stealing stuff in the dead of the night. But it's not. I wanted to be so many things. Astronaut, you know, the, the good old, I want to be an astronaut uh, when you're a little kid. I, want, I wanted to be a writer for a very long time. And because of that, I kind of steered my way into journalism, my first degree. <laughs> so <laughs> very far away from where I am today. I didn't even went to get my, my diploma. <laughs> Still don't have the diploma. I'm finished. I'm, I'm graduated and all, but I just never used it ever. <laughs> Growing up, I was, you know, a little nerd, um, still a big nerd, actually, now. Because of that, gadgets, you know, video games, computer, they have always been near me. Sci-fi is very big when you're a nerd. Being a little geek, technology is part of your day-to-day. And you always want to, you know, tear things apart, get to know how they work. At least I was like that. Wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid, turned into a passion for astrophysics, and because of that, I've always been quite close to technology. Um, I always liked storytelling. I've told you for a very long time as a kid, I wanted to be a writer. I actually wrote a book with six years old. <laughs> so I carried that dream of communication and storytelling through school. And one of the teachers, she was like, if you don't do anything related to communication, you're just going to waste your life because you're very good at it. <laughs> But I was also a very punk and anarchist and revolted little teenager. I had a very deep hate against journalism because back in my country, you know, um, corruption is very big. It's a poor country. And a great part of that is how media handles the, you know, politics around the, the, the country. And I could see that very clearly. And that would really make me very mad. So I was like, okay, if I have to go to communications, not to waste my life, I plan on going uh, to journalism. That way I can change the way things are from inside out. I can graduate into a journalism and I can go into the communication and try to make things a little bit better for us on the other side of this chain. really disliked <laughs> journalism, journalism as a career. <laughs> I 
everything, uh, every path that was presented that she could be a journalist, a sports journalist or a fashion journalist or just a news re reporter or all of those options, even radio, which I really liked, they just didn't seem like good career paths for me. I always wanted to work behind a computer, mostly because even though I was in communication, I was always quite weird and socially dislocated. I would always have like social anxiety going to places and all of that. So I didn't want to work close to people. But writing was quite a passion. So I thought maybe I can be an editor or something. At that point, I've given up of the writer dream because I already knew that writers would starve and make no money. <laughs> so yeah, going through college, I had a really rough time on figuring out what I wanted to do. I started working in this little geek website where I started to building critiques on video games and web series that I liked. It paid pretty much nothing, <laughs> but I would have lots of fun with it. That's when I noticed, okay, I have to work with something because I guess that's what makes me happy. I saw this job posting from a information and technology company in need of a content producer. And I was like, oh, okay, I maybe can write about technology. And at that point, I had no idea that security, infosec and hacking were a complete different part of technology. The people from the company were very surprised with my ease to write about security and hacking. And I got the job. It's where I had my first contact with hacking and security. And I just, I started just falling in love completely with the subject. You have to learn the stories to be able to tell the stories. So you have to really dive yourself into the culture and what people are like. I just started to get intoxicated with hacking. Social engineering, my first contact with it was I started to organize a bunch of hacking and infosec events around the entire country. I have organized more than 250 events of it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like hacking for people like me because I was not technical at all. I had a humanities background and I, I never dove into the technical field. I was interested in the culture and the behavior, and the way people expressed themselves. And social engineering just spoke very loudly to me at the time, but I didn't become a social engineer until a few years later where a friend of mine was dealing with this client and the client asked for a physical pen test. He came to me and he was like, hey, you're very good with people. Do you want to come and help me with this assignment? Do you, you want to like actually go and do it? Oh, sure, of course. Break and enter and steal stuff and I'm not going to go to jail? <laughs> yes, let's do it. And that's how I got my first physical pen testing assignment. job is to test all of the security layers, especially the human ones at a company, and make sure they are indeed prepared and paying attention to security as they should. Because if they're not, I am going to find their flaws. 
Not only that, but I'm probably going to make them make mistakes. I'm going after the human error to take advantage of someone who left a door opened or that will believe me and try to help me and put me inside a room that I shouldn't be. Or they will turn away when I steal something and they won't say anything. I'm going to test how they respond to my mischievous acts. <laughs> physical pen tester. If you're waiting for me at a door for checking my credentials, I'm just jumping through the back. <laughs> I'm not I'm not there to pin to the door with your permission. Try to find people who will help you. It is very hard to do this by yourself. You got to go to the events, you got to know people, you got to start asking around because this is a huge field and it changes so fast. For young girls out there that want that want to be a physical pen tester, try to find other social engineers to mingle. It's in the name. We are social creatures. We won't we won't push you away. Quite the contrary. A lot of people ask me about self-control and I got to say it is really hard. If you don't have very good self-control, you may get unhinged and that's very dangerous because you realize how powerful you can become. You really have to stay to your script. You stay very truthful to why you're doing that. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then, you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills, all using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. <laughs> 